0: Welcome to Honest Talk about heartbreak, dating, and relationships. Relationships. The podcast helping you navigate your path to happy ever after with your host, Rob McPhillips from RelationshipGPSProject.com.
1: So the question is How are people like us who didn't grow up being taught how to have an authentic relationship or have any great relationship role models? who are facing the usual challenges and stresses of work and life? How do we get over breakups, get into authentic relationships, and maintain love and connection with all of the challenges of the modern world without losing our identity or sanity? That is the question, and my quest is to give you the answers.
0: I am a holistic wellness coach, Okay. and I teach people about how to rewire, well, first how to identify what the stress patterns we have from like depression, anxiety, injuries, day-to-day activities. Those patterns become our new normal, which can Mm. lead to adverse symptoms and health issues. And so when we can identify those patterns, we can rewire our nervous system.
1: Okay. That sounds interesting.
0: Yeah. Develop new patterns that are from a stress-free place of the nervous system.
1: Okay, so holistic means that you do the mind, body, spirit, everything?
0: Correct.
1: Okay, and so um, what does that look like? Like, so it, when someone comes to you and they've got, so, so maybe like you, you're dealing with someone who's gone through a breakup and they come to you, it's obviously a lot of stress and whatever. How, how does that look like when someone comes to you and... and what you actually do with them
0: mm-hmm. well in terms of a breakup we specifically focus on that conversation and normally when you're going through heartache and it's it's something that you're willing to share with somebody the most important part is to sit with somebody and witness be a witness to their story and let them get off their chest whatever needs to be said And you never know what that might be. And when someone is getting their story out, there are certain things that you can, I listen for when they, when they share. So if, if there's like one example is when you're telling your story, does it come from a place where there's this integrity of how you feel with what you're saying? Is there a congruence in that connection? Or is your story something that sounds memorized, like it's a script that comes out of your head and there's a disconnect between how you, if you say, I'm really angry and, you know, doesn't, I guess I just, I'm going to keep going through my day to day, like the best that I can. So when someone says, I, I, I am really angry, but they don't show any sign of anger like those are little signs that you, I can listen for as they're telling their story and then we'll go back and I'll say, you know, I noticed some of these things that you mentioned. Would you like to talk about any of them in particular? And I let the the client choose where they want to start because that's what's going to be most surface and easier to connect with. And then from there, we can talk about if, if anger is in their body, usually we feel a lot of anger in our chest <laughs> and, um, we feel also like anxiety, depression, like a lot of that we feel around our rib cage, our hearts, usually in our head, our shoulders. And then on the spiritual level, if they're ready to move forward, forgiveness is usually, for me, it's a spiritual uh, action. Because when you're forgiving somebody, you're releasing something in your, in your connection to them, like it's, there's no physical change that happens. There's not like, Oh, I'm going to give you back, you know, your CDs or these books or these clothes that are yours, but it's, I'm going to choose to let go of what I've been mm-hmm. holding on to and trust that that release will help me have what belongs to me back. And I can be whole versus feeling like I'm fragmented.
1: I, I could imagine a lot of people. It would 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 be like, yeah, I just want to dump that anger on them, you know, like have that have that anger back. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, yeah, I I, I I get what you're saying. So, um, okay, so I'm interested in what you said about the you identify the stress patterns. What what exactly would that mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in um, understanding our bodies we have, like, I'll make it really, really simple as an example. When you sit down, if you're walking somewhere and then you go to sit down, whether it's at your desk, in the car, maybe not in the car, um, at a restaurant, in the kitchen, at the table, you will have a pattern with what we do with our legs. Some people open their legs. um, Some people tuck their, cross their ankles and tuck their feet right under the chair. Some people cross their legs. Um, So we have like a a pattern of movement that's our normal hmm. and those patterns of movement that are our normal Can come from the sympathetic nervous system, which is we, we most of us know as fight-or-flight and When we have fight-or-flight patterns those become Signs that's like the The indicators of oh your body's coping with stress and so you can start to talk about what's going on in your body and recognize, oh, I have this pattern of movement. I have this thought pattern that I loop over and over and over in, in my mind. And when we have those things that, it's like um, I'm, I'm stumbling over my words because I'm like, oh, there's so much to say. Like, where, where is it really gonna help to start in expressing the answer to your question? Um,
1: Okay. So, so, um, if I can summarize, if I'm, if I'm understanding, so basically it's, um, we have neural pathways, we have habits, um, and we do what we've always done and we kind of follow those habits so much that the neural pathway becomes a rut and then we get stuck in the same response, even when it doesn't help us. Um, Correct. And so what you're talking about is, is really when someone is under stress, they have a way of dealing with it, um, which they always have, which may be drinking too much. It may be comfort food or getting angry and taking it out on someone else or something like that. Um, and what you do is you break down what the structure of that pattern is. Um, and then have have I understood that right so far?
0: yeah that's really accurate the part where i think i'm going a little bit more specific is in the body literally Mm -hmm. so if you tell me you're um and we can use breakups for example if you get in your head because you and your partner keep having the same conflict over and over again and in your in your mind you hear your own voice talking to your partner and let's say you're yelling at them or you're defending yourself and you have that same internal argument over and over and over again Mm -hmm. that thought pattern in your mind literally changes your physical structure. So it could change the direction your eye sockets face. It could change how close your shoulder blades get to your spine. So when we get triggered in our stress, like our scapula will move back closer to our spine and yeah. it maybe might flare out a rib cage. And so that's a fight posture in our body. And the more you repeat those thoughts in your head, the more your body changes shape to match those thoughts. And so identifying a stress pattern can look like, well, where are your shoulder blades relative to your spine? And if they're really narrow or if they're wide, maybe one side has a more dominant narrowing pattern. And so you can literally look at the body and go, oh, okay. We might not look at someone's scapula and go, oh, that's because you're having a breakup (laughs) conversation or a fight with a partner in your mind. But when someone's sharing their story that's one way to start identifying where the stress patterns might be affecting them physically in okay. ways that aren't that are more subtle
1: okay yeah I, I can see um and what comes to mind is that is probably um going to be um particularly effective for people who are very disconnected from their from their emotions or don't want to really talk about it like it might be typically men don't want to talk about as much about emotions and they don't want to kind of rehash the same thing. So it may be that, um, in looking at the physical, um, because there there is the the physical posture that matches the emotional state. And Mm -hmm. in talking about and dealing with the physical, you don't have to go into the content of the emotional quite as much.
0: Right, it's a really good option for people who don't necessarily know how to talk about their feelings, mm-hmm. or don't know how to. Maybe they know inside, but they don't know how to say it out. They don't know how to actually express what it is that they're thinking and feeling. And so, starting from the point of view, of what's where's your body at? And as the body changes, it just can come out, and it doesn't. Sometimes it comes out without needing to discuss it because your body just processes it on its own. But mm-hmm. other times you're like, oh, I need this type of feedback. So you, you'll be able to share and then receive information that otherwise might've been cut off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, um, like I always say, like, um, with a breakup, one of the best things you can do is to physicalize the pain, which is, um, you're going to have the pain. Um, and you, sometimes it's too raw and too sensitive to, deal with it by talking about it or thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But if you can do something physical like exercise that actually gives you some pain, you're, you have a way of then physicalizing the pain and because it's physical, then you can control it and deal with it. Um, and then it gives you a, a template for how you deal with the emotional pain. I
0: agree. Movement in the body is Very much a natural conduit for releasing the adrenaline and the cortisol, all the hormones, the energy, the feelings, because it's inside of us. And so if it compresses and compacts inside of us, we, we don't feel good. And then we're not as motivated maybe to move. And then we think it's, oh, well, we don't, we don't feel like it. But really, if you just get your body to do, to do something, then it starts the circulation of the feelings, the energy, exactly what you just said.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, it's like when you're at war, you have to be willing to do anything, um, Mm -hmm. when the consequence is that great. And so for a lot of people where they just limit themselves to just, um, one modality or or just talking about it, or it becomes much harder because sometimes when you hit a block, you need to be able to go around it in any direction and use whatever approach will work. Um, and so I think that holistic sense, um, you have a lot more flexibility than, um, someone who's just going to deal with it by just talking about it or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the next question, what makes me, that makes me, um, really interested is so for you to have studied this and to practice this, there has to be a story and and there has to be a way of, um, how you came to to value this and how you came to understand this. So if you don't mind, I'm I'm interested in, in your journey and where did this begin?
0: Sure. Um, I have been married and divorced. I used to live in Florida and moved from Florida to Oregon, which is quite a distance in the United States. And when I moved out to Oregon, I had a lot of changes in my digestive system. Hmm. That was where I noticed anyway, (laughs) most of the feedback my body was giving me, like talking about identifying stress patterns. I didn't know this language at that time but I just could tell like my body was not coping with stress as well as it may have in the past.
1: Were you aware that you were stressed or was it just that you were aware of the physical symptoms?
0: I would think about it. Like I knew I was sad and I knew I was feeling lost and confused, but I I didn't, wouldn't say that I felt cognizant of being stressed. Hmm. And so once I, moved and started life from a fresh place you would think like oh there's I don't have any kids like I have my whole life ahead of me I was 30 so the world is my oyster I should have this energy to go and create and be and explore and figure things out but I didn't feel that way I felt lethargic and apathetic and confused and and then frustrated because I'm in this new position and i'm i'm healthy or at least i think i am and i have ideas and dreams and goals so what's wrong with me that pressure that i put on myself started to compound and i think that made my the stress response in my body worse and i wasn't noticing that there was a connection in that way either at that time so i thought well if i just maybe it's how i'm eating you know maybe something's wrong with me because i'm not eating really great. So maybe if I just take better care of what I'm putting in my body, um, maybe I'm not exercising enough. So if I exercise more, so I thought I was doing what I understood or had done in the past to just make my body feel better and nothing I did worked. Um, and that's when I started figuring out like, there's more to this than like the mind, like the talking about it or the Processing it, or journaling, or having a therapist. There's more to this than exercise and taking care of my body. And that's when I was like, "What? What? What's? What does my? What does my body need? And how do I find the answer to that?"
1: Mm. And so, um, was it? Was that, I mean, was this usually when someone's after a breakup? They're, they're kind of it dominates their thinking and it's all they can think about. And it's the questions of like, why, what what happened? Were you, did you have that or, or was it just the, the physical symptoms? When
0: my husband, when I first found out that my husband, he, he shared with me that he had had an affair. Oh. And when I found that out, of course I, I literally didn't think about anything else. I had a visceral reaction in my body. Uh, like I was in shock it was it was uh not something that there were any obvious clues to like I wasn't thinking oh something's wrong must be an affair and I just need to catch him or something it was just like completely blindsided Mm -hmm. and so that pain and that shock and then the questions all of the questions and then trying to like be an investigator in your own way like how -hmm. did this happen how did I miss this I don't even believe it to be true because that's not true to his character. Like it was just really confusing. And I definitely, I, I had, I went to council. Um, I had some really good community around me and, um, some pastors and some coaches and some, uh, counselors. And so when that happened, I immediately went and said like, what do I do? I don't, I don't know what to do. And, uh, they were like, you're not going to do anything. You're going to unpack. Like you can't find a way to make this right or fix it. Like you're going to have to live through whatever you're feeling and whatever you're processing. You can't just plug in some, like take this action and that action. And then you're going to get a different experience on the other side. It's just like, Mm. you're feeling this. You just have to like literally unpack and live with it for a little while until it's, run its course and that was really tough for me because I just wanted to be like okay this is broken let's fix it (laughs) it doesn't work that way
1: yeah it's it's really that um when you go through something as traumatic as that um and it sounds like it was quite a, a devastating like I can imagine being in that situation um and when you are in that like the devastation of a breakup is because your whole future you saw like with your husband and then everything was tied up with that. And it feels like everything's gone. And so the the journey from, from that to being like whole again and feeling able to let, like how you were before all this came up is really about you becoming a new person and having a new whole new journey, whole new vision and for your future. Um, and yeah, so none of us really want these times in our life, none of us really want that, but it's kind of like life is forcing us and and the only way through it is to completely like shed the skin of your old life and and become someone new. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, that, and that's never going to be easy.
0: No. And there was the year, so the counsel that I got was, um, because I, I felt at that point, my husband and I had gone through some ups and downs, and when this information about the affair came up and then how he handled it afterwards was really disappointing, I felt like in my gut, like, we're done, this is going to end, and all the counsel around me said, give it a year, don't make any decisions right now, you're emotional, this is, this is not all, like, you're, you're feeling like you've just been hit with a tsunami, don't make decisions in this moment, give it a year. So I said, okay, I submitted to that advice and um, gave both of us the space to walk through whatever that might look like the unpacking process, if you will. Mm. And um, in that year, I mean, we we did get divorced, but in that year, one of the most life-giving revelations that I had, like in the, my own self-reflection was I did not know, the difference between, um, being committed in love versus in fear. And I think based on the way that I was raised, I was really fear-based in my decision-making, my affection, my values. And I, I it was so subconscious. And when my husband would say, you know, I don't feel like, uh, you trust me all the way. And it wasn't about his, um, faithfulness. It was just living our lives together like i thought i had the ideas we were in business together and so there was conflict in our interpersonal day-to-day stuff that Mm. i think he didn't know how to communicate he's really easygoing and supportive and sometimes really passive but i guess when he wanted to have a voice and stand up for himself he didn't know how to overcome my more dominant communication style like i'm like i i like to process through like bantering and that can come across as argumentative when I don't really mean it that way, but it, for him, he would internalize it. Like, Oh, she's just arguing. She just wants to win. So we missed each other in some of those ways, but through him trying to give me some feedback in that year, I'm like, okay, you know what? I just, I was afraid. I, pr- I had so many internal protection mechanisms that I didn't even know that were there. Like all these rules had to be followed that I learned or taught myself to believe in high school and my early twenties. And then they, manifested in our marriage and I never knew it and he he felt that rigidity inside of me he didn't know how to address it and I didn't Mm -hmm. see it until later and he was like I just don't feel like you have enough grace for mistakes and things like that and I was like okay so I just had this like clarity this paradigm shift in my head like oh I'm not just embracing relationship and marriage and commitment for what it is like I'm making it a performance I'm I'm um, asking of myself, like, you have to meet the standard of showing love versus just being present and loving, and it's going to be good and bad, you're going to have good and bad days, but at that time, I didn't know how to think that way, so I had a lot of fear in the way that I knew how to be a partner versus, like, grace and love, so that year of us separating really taught me to see that side of myself like I'd never noticed,
1: mm. so, so that was a
0: helpful nurturing, healing aspect of, of a bad thing.
1: Yeah. Um, one question. Um, so when you said, uh, a lot of fear, what was, you, what was your fear of?
0: I think I was afraid of being abandoned. Okay. I was afraid that, of, that I could feel safe with somebody. Hmm.
1: And so there was always the the, the protective mechanisms, and so um, there was never really the the true authentic deep connection. Mm-mm. Okay, so um, so then you uh, eventually moved away, and you realised you know that you were under stress. So so how um, I'm interested in uh, so we'd kind of got to went back and forth, but you we we'd started with you you had the, we were aware of the stress um, and i'm I'm curious and interested to hear what was the next step and how how did you overcome that
0: so there were uh it's like a twofold experience for me when I moved out to Oregon, I didn't have a job or anything lined up, and I had been self employed my ex husband and I had a company together. And I, that business was based on his talent as a guitarist. And so I left that business behind and just started from scratch. And I was like, well, what can I do to move forward with the talents and skills that I have? And the idea of coaching came to mind. And then I thought, okay, I can be a professional coach, but how do I want to serve people that I work with? And it was like, Oh, I want to do it holistically, uh, spirit, soul, and body. And the body piece as a professional was a mystery and if, if Oregon, so Oregon at Portland specifically is a mecca of anything under the sun, Eastern medicine, alternative medicine, alternative movement, like anything you can dream of, it seems like Portland has at least one, if not multiple studios that will train and educate you in some form of body, mind, connection. And it, it was a little overwhelming at first because I, I was like, well, maybe I should study nutrition or Chinese medicine or acupuncture. Like, what about the body will help me with my body and then I'll help me help others? Um, so I just was doing research and through meeting somebody. And it, it's, it's, a, it's an odd experience um, <laughs> when someone's like, you should try this thing. I can't really explain it to you, but just show up and see what it's like. And so that's the invitation to me um, getting to learn the practice of the Fajardo method of holistic biomechanics, which is what my training was in. So that was for me the next step. So I just went to this class. I got an invitation. We laid on mats just like in a yoga class. And she asked us to do really simple movements like move your arm up and down. But when you do that, notice if your collarbone is moving closer to your midline or further away from your midline. And I had never thought about what the heck my collarbone is doing.
1: And no, I'm, I'm just, as you say that, I'm <laughs> moving my arm up and down. and to, just...
0: Yeah, it's really like a different way of thinking about exercise and hmm. movement. I never heard of anything like it. And during class, she the teacher doesn't help you know the answer to the question, which was another interesting thing. So if we talk about identifying patterns a pattern that I have is I like to know the answer like I need to know is a Mm -hmm. is a thought pattern that's a stress like a fight or flight survival pattern and Mm so in that class there were so many questions like when you move your arm up and over your head does your collarbone rotate in the same direction as your hand or the opposite direction of your hand I don't know the answer to that. After 45 minutes of doing this movement, I still (laughs) didn't know the answer. And it was really frustrating. And then later that day, I was tired, I took a nap. I slept three hours, like I slept like a baby. And I hadn't had that type of deep rest in a while. And I woke up and I felt like a million dollars. And something clicked in my brain, like I have no idea what that class was about or even how to understand it, but my body responded super well. And she happened to have a teacher training the next month. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to do this for my own personal development. And all of the symptoms I had about my digestive system um, started going away. My energy started to increase the, I was, I got, I lost a lot of weight from the stress. My body started gaining weight in a really good way. Again, like everything about the inside of my body started to shift and change to be better and healthier. And I was like, this is really cool. I'm going to start sharing this. So part of her training program is that you share what you're learning and practice with other clients. And so I started doing that and clients started having physical transformations and then taking that over to the emotional, mental side of it and seeing people who have anxiety and depression and be like, okay, well, let's work on sensing your rib cage and see what changes. And then them having transformational experiences, shifting in their body and their mindset and their feelings. And so this just become a way of life for me and a part of my professional services.
1: So so I can imagine you go into the supermarket or go or sitting in a theater or something and and kind of looking at people and and saying, let go of that stress. You know, that kind of, I'd imagine having done that for quite a while, you you can look at people and see um, the emotions that, go with the posture.
0: It's true. Yeah. You can Mm. definitely look at people and and read what's going on in their world. Maybe not specifically, but definitely in their structure, you can see it.
1: Okay. So, um, and so, so then you trained. Um, And so how, so then, okay, so you've got the, the physical Aspects, mm-hmm. and then, so w- when you talk to someone, it's kind of you're talking about the emotions, and you're just kind of watching their body, and then changing the pattern of the body um, with the emotions. Is that? Am I understanding that correctly?
0: Uh, usually, we don't often talk specifically about, like, especially in a if if you're if you're if you're coming to me because you have something wrong with your body, then we'll talk about maybe how your structure changes and that might affect what you're feeling or experiencing. Hmm. But in a breakup scenario, usually we're talking about something and then if there's something that comes up that I can easily help them identify in their body, like we'll talk about that maybe. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example.
1: One thing maybe that, that, that could help and that could be illustrative is Um, Do you have a particular case study that you can think of that um, sort of sums up how you work with people and and the impact that it has maybe on breakup or or less specifically on, on something else?
0: Yeah, I have, um, I have a client, his name is Jason and he's young. He came to me because his therapist said, you need to talk to Sherry to help recover from your broken heart. And he was a, he's a football player and he had a lot of depression and anxiety built up in his body. He got a scholarship for football. His coach in college demanded, it's like a full-time job, like your classes are a priority, but football is the rest of your life. Like We own you <laughs> type of experience. And so for him to physically have to show up every day and perform, also mentally be present for class and then do homework, etc. He was he was overstimulated relative to what he could give to the demands of his day-to-day. So he would come in and we would just start the conversation. Where 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 have your thoughts been this past week about your ex? And so he might share what those things might be. Great. Now over time we started helping him create relationship between this thought and this body part because his chest was in a collapsed uh, posture. So his sternum was really far in, his ribs were really close together, there should be some space and your sternum should be forward, not back towards your spine. And so when he would have certain dreams, he had a lot of dreams about his ex. And so like even if he was consciously trying to take care of stuff in the daytime, he would still be haunted by his breakup in his dreams right and that's really hard because when we're dreaming we don't have control <laughs> over mm. stopping those thoughts or getting up to go exercise or coping with it in another way like you're just stuck with what your subconscious is processing and so mm. there's um we just started practicing recognizing like the pattern that you have of reflecting on you and your ex is a narrative you are telling yourself this narrative so much throughout your day that there's very little time or um, input from your reality that is dictating what's going on inside your mind. So we had to help him recognize the amount of time. Like he, he thought he was playing football, he thought he was doing stuff for class, but really he was just thinking about he and his ex and he didn't realize that he had created a reality where his reality was that narrative 24-7. And so when he would come to the coaching sessions with me, we interrupted the narrative over and over and over again. And then he started practicing interrupting his narrative throughout the day. And then over a few months, it started to become more reality and less narrative until he was finally able to get rid of the narrative, let go of his ex and like, embrace what was going on in his day to day but it it took over a year with that particular client Mm
1: -hmm. yeah it's it's so uh important that that people forget what is the narrative and what is the truth Mm -hmm. and um yeah for me it's really just about the quicker you can get to the truth like even in a relationship um if you're starting a relationship the goal is really you want to get to the truth and you want to find out what's true because it's what's true that's going to determine the relationship and it's what's true is going to be the way out of the breakup
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and in the same way um the the like the stress coming out of the body is really going to be extra um habits and, and tensions and protective devices and things that we've like we're holding tension in the body, which, um, and when we can get rid of that, it's, it's, it's kind of like a similar journey. I'm, I'm, um, the way I'm seeing it.
0: Like, mm-hmm. and like you mentioned earlier, people who have coping mechanisms like drinking, um, we have all a variety of coping mechanisms to suppress. <laughs> processing or feeling or dealing with whatever our reality
1: <laughs>
0: confronted us with right
1: yeah okay um and so so it, it, hey, where does the um so okay so you've got the body and you've got the thoughts and then do you go much into the spiritual
0: uh i really that's a great question I really try to meet whoever is sitting with me where they're at spiritually. And people have a variety of ways of expressing their own spirituality. Some people have like a specific faith in some type of religion. Some people just are open-minded to the universe and the idea or spirit of love. Some people, that's most people. I rarely have anybody that, there's nothing I believe in and I'm not open to the idea of anything outside of myself Mm -hmm. or maybe some people think that they are like we we are all God like we are all versions of God within Mm -hmm. ourselves um so depending on where somebody's at I try to seek to understand that in the moment and then connect with them there so it really depends on who's sitting with me but generally, the, as deep as we go spiritually, it tends to be around the things that have to do with releasing, like, um, well, I believe that when we partner with somebody, uh, either physically, romantically, emotionally, there's like some type of a connection. We create a bond, and mm. one of the ways that we label that bond, um, that, or some, methodologies label that bond is that they call it a soul tie so I picture like a ribbon that ties together like a bow in the middle and when we have that soul tie and we lose the person that soul tie even though the person is gone remains and so you you feel like there's this energetic spiritual depending on the language you want to use connection to that other person or you've literally shared yourself with them and they've shared themselves with you. Now that's gone, but you're still holding on to what they gave you or what you experienced with them. And then they're still holding on to what you shared with them. And so one way to let go of that to release somebody is to untie that soul tie. So I just like picture visualize, like, you're just going to take, you can take a pair of scissors, depending on the energy of the person. <laughs> sometimes it's violent. Sometimes it's gentle and really. Or machete. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you just choose like verbally, like I'll verbally walk somebody through and say, repeat this with me, you know, so-and-so, I choose to release you. Thank you for what you've given me. Here's what I cherish about our experience. I forgive you for this, this, and that. I forgive myself. I mean, that's a really hard one for people because mm-hmm. we want to take responsibility because then it's that thing where we don't want to let go. If I know what I did wrong, then maybe I could fix it. But usually the things we think of is like, oh, I sneezed too loud at the restaurant and maybe they were embarrassed. And if I didn't sneeze like that, <laughs> you know, um, like there's these things that our brains like what's find the thing that broke it all versus just yeah. accepting, like I'm not choosing you and you're not choosing me.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so that makes me, so I'm, I'm guessing and where a lot of people get stuck where I've seen is, is probably on that kind of where you would talk about the spiritual sense and it's um, that they don't want to let go of someone, either they, either they're holding out because they still think there's a chance Mm -hmm. or it's a sense of like, I've invested 20 years in this. If I, if I let it go, it means it means it didn't mean anything or um, I, you know, I've been so hard done by, by this person that if I, if I don't let, if I let them go, it's like, I'm letting them get off. So my question is, is that where you see the most resistance there more than say in the body or the emotions?
0: That's a good question. I definitely see that's where the greatest um stickinesses, but I wouldn't necessarily know if I think it's where the most resistance is. I think the resistance might be to what you said earlier is the reality versus the narrative. Yeah. So let me believe what I thought to be true versus recognize and acknowledge what is currently happening mm-hmm. and true. I think that's where a lot of resistance happens. Uh, once they're past that point and you're like, okay, I just acknowledge like this is it and I don't know what's next. It doesn't mean that you're not still considering what, what, what if, you know, what if we did circle back. Doesn't mean you stop considering the other options, but you're not holding on to it as if it's the only way forward. So now you're open to, there are other ways, other options for me to move forward. Um, So I think after that part for resistance is gone, it's not as hard to, I think what it's really like it's been I'm like just reflecting right now and I can feel it in my heart. Those moments with the clients or the guests on my breakout podcast, when we get to that point of after they've shared their whole story and we've like identified, here's where I'm stuck, here's what I'd like to be different. I'm like, you know, do you want to stay stuck? And I'm paraphrasing because it comes out in different ways, or would you like yeah. to move forward? And they'll say, No, I want to move forward. So then I'm like, great. So here's what you've mentioned. You're, you're really angry. And sometimes we don't have the words like to be validated in our anger and know we're not insane. We're not crazy. Or maybe we are like, maybe that was really out of control of me, but I just need to be heard. Right. So Mm. there's this piece of us that almost demands to be seen and understood. And if I can hear them and then repeat back to them, like, this is what I see. Here's the other side of the story. Here's a different perspective. And here's probably what you meant and where you were coming from. Just that little bit of validation helps somebody like, whoo, the weight just got lifted off their chest. And they're like, yes, that's exactly what it was. And I didn't know how to put it into those words, or I didn't know how to admit it to myself like that. But when you say it, it makes sense. And then once that like part clicks for them, then it's like, I'm willing to forgive it might be scary. Like they'll cry, they'll shake, they'll fight it. But in their heart, like, I think this is like that aspect of the spiritual layer, like in their spirit, they're like, I'm accepting this and I'm releasing this. I'm still might be sad. This still might not get any easier in the next couple of days or weeks, but at least I'm stepping forward with my future and I'm moving on. Mm. And it's really special. Like, you feel the resistance and you feel the vulnerability like that vulnerability moment with somebody is precious.
1: Yeah. Okay. So the, so the next question that, that comes to mind from, from listening to that is now, uh, I don't know how long have you been practicing um, in this therapy?
0: Uh, combine like the holistic 20 years altogether.
1: 20 years. Okay. So, um, initially when you, when you start something, you're kind of all excited about, but you're kind of following the way it's always been done. Um, And then after, after working with a number of clients and, and um, seeing experiences over and over again, um you, you kind of get your own ways of doing it and you, you start to see uh the but the parts that are most impactful and the parts that are most critical. Um so my question is what what's been a change in your development and in and, and the way that you look at what you do now, as when say then when you first started on the on the on the approach
0: that's a really good question as well I would say well like a philosophy that I have is you can't give away what you don't have right I mm. believe that I'm not sure if you've heard that or other people have heard that before but you can only give away what you have so mm. because of the type of work that I do if I'm not experiencing what it is that I'm offering to help other people experience, then I probably am not a, the best fit for whoever that client might be. So wh- when I first started out, I was like, oh, I have this education and training and, and passion. But let's say you had this big life trauma and story, and I had no capacity to really relate or empathize, but I had this training. And so I thought well I I can help you I because I quote unquote should know the answers or know the way to guide you but I I didn't I didn't have the perspective to maybe listen to support where they were at or the perspective to partner with them in what was most important to them versus like I had an agenda like the agenda is you want to feel better so let's get you feeling better you know um you feel broken let's get you fixed whatever that might be and it was i wasn't like consciously thinking those thoughts but i think that was my energy like i'm excited i want to get this thing going and like get results now it's like life is going to happen and it's it's going to be you, in one day you could have a really amazing experience and a really um low experience and we need to be able to recognize how to adapt no matter what the moment is. And so how do we create tools and find ourselves and know our true identity to be able to show up in whatever moment as Mm -hmm. the fullness of who we are versus the masks or the false coping mechanisms that just get us by in survival mode. Like there's so much more to life than survival mode, but a lot of us only know survival mode or our dominant, reaction to something bad is that extreme survival mode from like a time in our life where we really needed that. And so as I've evolved in understanding how my own patterns of being in survival mode versus like, Oh, this is how I am. And maybe I don't know how to handle this, <laughs> you know, like I'm not going to try to be who I'm supposed to be. I'm going to be the best version of myself right now, which might not be the best, you know, it might be a really immature moody, grumpy person. And I'm sorry that I didn't show up better, but this is truth about where I'm at. And like embracing just my humanity more helps me embrace other people's humanity more, which then as they're going through change, it's just an experience, right? Like there's not like a before and an after. There can be, but it's really every moment counts versus only the after counts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's, I think it's so um, true that so many people hide behind their certification and they hide behind their qualifications. Um, Like a a qualification, it means that you pass an exam, you, you you please someone who Mm -hmm. sets the, you know, like this, I mean, there's so many different types of therapies and there's so many different types of ways of treatment and, and, and they all follow someone's idea. They're all set up because someone had an idea and they decided and they set, um, the criteria by which someone is certified. And it's kind of like people are dealing with people and they, they feel they don't feel, um, they haven't come to that point where they feel comfortable enough. They, where they, they have a certainty and a confidence in themselves. And so the certification and, and the process and the, the, set, um, way of dealing with it is, is like a, this suit of armor. Um, mm-hmm. but really the only way that anyone can ever, um, help anyone is just by connecting. You have to connect to the core inside and, and help people then like shed, shed everything else around it. Uh, I, I remember listening to, I overheard a, some kind of therapist or counselor. And someone said, uh, "You know, I've got this 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 problem. It was just a general problem. It was like maybe not sleeping or wanting to give up smoking, and that." They say, "Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you came to me, we would do six guided meditations." And did, and I was thinking, "Hang on, you don't know anything about how 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 can you tell her what you what you're gonna do? It's like got no validity to it." But yeah, so so um, yeah, it's yeah. I I, so I can totally relate to to that sense of as you get over your own need for protection and that you're able to connect to people better
0: Mm
1: -hmm. okay so that that, that's interesting so um okay so the next question is there's people listening and they may be in a situation and i'm guessing you deal with people physically by the Mm -hmm. nature of what you do Yeah. So uh, maybe there, there are people who listen to this from around your area. So um, can you tell us a, a little about what, what would someone look like um, who you would typically have the most success in treating?
0: I think people who experience the most results are people who are choosing to engage with the work on their own personal or spiritual or emotional development, whichever way they want to start, if you are genuinely working through reflecting on how you've got to where you're at and you sense it's it's time for a change or something needs to be different whether or not you think you know the answer or how to do it like if you just show up and start with a an open mind of curiosity like I think this might be a way to go about thinking about things differently and I don't know what to do but I'm open like if if there's a guide I I will try And just to give credit, and I've noticed this when I have talked with dozens and dozens of people about their transformation, um, a lot of people are, you're already, you're already doing a lot. Like we get really down on ourselves because we have bad habits, right? I I think a common, it's interesting for me when I have this breakup podcast and everyone tells me their breakup story, I would think self-esteem would come up more often, or I would think. Depression even would come up more often. Uh, And those things come up, but not nearly as commonly or as primary as I thought they might. One of the things that is most common is alcohol. I went through a hard time and I drank. Or we were going through a hard time as a couple, one or both of us drank. And especially during the breakup time or the aftermath, Hmm. people drown their sorrows in alcohol. And eventually... (laughs) And I'm not. I'm sure this isn't true all the time, but like it's been fascinating to hear. I drowned myself in alcohol for several weeks, or several months, or over a year, and then one day I just decided this behavior, this habit I've been accustomed to, is not serving me well anymore. Like that's gotten me fired, or. I woke up and didn't know who was sleeping next to me. And that happened one too many times or whatever their trigger might be. Mm. But there is a line that gets drawn in the sand in our body and in our brain. And it happens, it happens with, without us really efforting for it. And so we can be really hard on ourselves during the time where we're not making the best choices for ourselves. Yeah. And, in the, I just, I just feel like acknowledging like you are going through something painful, and it is hard, and you might not know how to make better choices, but the fact that you're going through it and you keep showing up every day is a step in the right direction. And sometimes that's all that you have, and sometimes that's enough. And so just that is a start, because eventually you're like, okay, I want something different. And then you will make different choices. And it's usually in those moments where people have the most success in healing or shifting or changing.
1: Yeah, it's it's yeah, it, it's kind of like sometimes you have to things have to get worse, and so whatever you're doing, as long as you're moving in in one direction, because sometimes things getting worse is is like that's where it needs to go before it's going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I do I do think people they don't credit enough that if someone else was in exactly the same situation, exactly the same circumstances, exactly the same experiences and genetics they would do the same um and but we try and compare ourselves to people who are in completely different situations completely different people um rather it is kind of like you're talking about letting someone go you also have to let your, you know let yourself go whatever in the sense of let let go of your preconceived notions of who you thought you were going to be Mm-hmm. Um, and let yourself be who you who you really are anyway
0: mm-hmm. and that's scary yeah And we carry things like guilt and shame and regret and fear and I think that's where you're not supposed to always deal with this by yourself like find a friend or a professional that you feel like you click with and you can be safe with and open with and invite them into like you know team to help you get out of those ruts to let go or acknowledge the guilt. Like, what do I do with all this guilt? And then that's what drives us to living out our bad habits. Um, It's helpful when you're not in it by yourself. I mean, no one else can walk through our pain for us, but someone can be a witness and be a good sounding board and give us feedback Mm -hmm. and just be patient with us. Like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, do your week check back in and let's see if you process anything or if you're ready to process something, you know, let's see what comes up that triggers that a lot of us get scared of our triggers and we want to avoid them. <laughs> yeah. But our triggers are really helpful tools to be like, I need to look at this. It's like h- being hungry is a trigger we're all comfortable with. Right. we know if we don't eat, the consequences are bad, right? When we get tired, we get grumpy, we get irritable. It starts to deteriorate our health so we have a, Built in trigger to eat when we're hungry or drink when we're thirsty. We have other built in triggers about our emotions, about anxiety and stress and fear, but we don't know how to. You can't just go to the grocery store and eat something to get rid of guilt. <laughs> so we don't know, like, where do we go to address the trigger of guilt when it pops up? Well, that's when we have the coping mechanism of, like, drinking, for example. Mm. Well, if drinking isn't really helping us, then what's our other option? Well, there are people that know how to help facilitate getting rid of the guilt, addressing like, where does that guilt come from? Why is that guilt there? Why are you holding on to that guilt? What would you like to replace the guilt with? Maybe freedom, maybe acceptance, maybe forgiveness. Like there's so many options, but we just aren't thinking of it in that sense. And so that's what I love about these types of conversations with you. Like there's so many options, but we're just limited by our own you
1: know, exposure to what those options might be. Yeah. We, we, yeah. I mean, we, we really don't know what we don't know. Um, and, and so many people just need someone else just to give them permission. Mm-hmm. It's like, we don't feel we can give ourselves permission. We need someone else just to say, like you said earlier, someone just needs to say the words and then um, they can see it in an entirely different way. Well, mm-hmm. okay. Um, it's been fascinating to to hear about your work and, and just to, to really go through, you know, a different modality than, than a lot of people perhaps wouldn't look at for getting over a breakup. One last thing is where's the best place for people to find you?
0: If you are interested in the podcast, the podcast is a conversation one-on-one with myself and somebody who has a breakup story and it's called Unbreak My Heart. And you can find that on iTunes or Spotify you can just Google it as well. It should come up. Um, there's different podcast platforms to catch it on. And then if you wanted to get in touch with me, you can go on my website, shoot me a note. The it's just sherryanderson.com, C-H-E-R-I-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N, sherryanderson.com. And we can get in touch that way.
1: Okay. Well, thank you, Cherry. It um it's been really uh interesting, as I said. Um and thank you for sharing your time and your knowledge and expertise
0: yeah i appreciate this opportunity rob i appreciate your questions and the opportunity to explore maybe a different angle of thinking about breakups and what we go through and ways to help overcome some of the setbacks
1: thanks for listening i'm rob mcphillips and i'm here to help you navigate your relationships more successfully go to relationshipgpsproject.com to find answers to your relationship questions or ask new ones